0: Your heart is broken or hurting right now. Listen to these words of comfort in Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Whatever your situation may be, please know that God is able to heal your heart, restore your marriage. We got an we got an oil <laughs> problem. The heat lamps, exactly.
1: You know, ideas and inventions come from people in all walks of life, and most of last century's top inventions came from individuals, not companies. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? Are you interested in trying to submit your idea to companies for a good faith review, and in trying to patent it as well? If so, InventHelp has information to help you get started. InventHelp is America's... out walking through streets paved with gold lifted some stones saw the skin and bones of a city without a soul I stopped outside a church house where the citizens like to sit they say they want the kingdom but they don't want But the thought of you I went one
0: Live from the Mecca of Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Heart of the Matter, where Mormonism meets biblical Christianity face-to-face, and I'm your host, Sean McCraney. If you have family or friends who can't watch Heart of the Matter on television here in Utah, Idaho, and parts of Wyoming, they can go to www.hotm.tv, click on Streaming Video, and watch it from anywhere live in the world right now, so give them a call. Uh, We ask for your prayers for Merle. He is uh, a man who directs our program, and three days ago he fell in his bathroom and actually broke his neck. Uh, This ministry is rife with excitement. Merle's doing well, but uh, he's not here tonight, so we have our directorial debut from Brandy and Cassidy, who are behind the scenes, and uh, they're young, but they're uh, doing a great job, so pray for them as well. I Was a Born Again Mormon available for free download PDF at HOTM.TV. It's the book that started it all. You just go on that site, click, and you'll have it in your hands in minutes. And uh, while I'm at it, we, we love all of our audience members, but we have two special groups tonight. We have those from the Trinity International College at a Chicagoland area. And we have the Master's College of Santa Clarita with Russ East Utah Partnership for Christ. Vicious competition between these colleges. How's your knowledge of the Bible? Uh, why not join us for an hourly, week-by-week, verse-by-verse study of the Word of God. Join us at Calvary Campus every Sunday. We meet at University of Utah, and we meet at Utah State. You can go to calvarycampus.com for more information about what that is all about. Coming this Friday night and Saturday at Calvary Chapel, Salt Lake City. They're hosting an excellent event called the Capstone Conference. Guest speakers include Sandra Tanner of Utah Lighthouse Ministry and a whole bunch of other uh, professionals uh, and scholars from all over the nation. They are also going to air Living Hope Ministries brand new DVD, The Bible versus Joseph Smith, which is just an outstanding uh, piece. Uh, that you'll be able to see for the first time premiered there. The event is free, so if you're investigating Mormonism, trying to leave Mormonism, or seeking to understand truth uh, about it, or uh, just want to know more, take the time and go to the Capstone Conference at Calvary Chapel, Salt Lake City, Friday night and Saturday this week. Uh, And you can go to www.capstoneconference.com for more information. And with that, let's have a prayer. God in heaven, I uh, love you, and we love you, and we seek you and need you, and so I pray that you will be with us tonight, all of us. We pray for our studio audience, wherever they may be. We pray that uh, all speak what you want to be said, and for our volunteers and for our staff and for everybody involved in the ministry, Lord, we need you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. In our ministry, there is probably, in this ministry, no more of an important topic than a clear biblical understanding of our subject tonight, and that is spiritual rebirth or being born again. Our first book was called uh, Born Again Mormon. The first website we ever created was called bornagainmormon.com. The central focus of this ministry is and remains to this very day our desire for Latter-day Saints to experience spiritual rebirth and then to let the Lord guide them in their decisions about their family, their marriages, their life, and whether to remain a member of the church or not. In my heart and from what I can deduce from Scripture, there is not a more important moment in the life of every single human being on earth. This being the case, it would stand to reason that Satan would spend quite a bit of time creating counterfeits and... um, to genuine spiritual regeneration and or try to change the definition of what true spiritual rebirth is. After telling a man named Nicodemus that a person must be born again and that the spirit behind spiritual rebirth, quote, blows and goes where it wants to go without our being able to direct it or understand where it originated from, Joseph Smith stepped in and said, quote, Being born again comes by the Spirit of God through ordinances. That's in Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 162. Where Je- Jesus' description and the rest of the word seems to support rebirth as a mysterious act of God through a wind-like spirit, Joseph Smith, Smith reeled back the whole experience into the four walls of a religious institution and claims that it occurs through the reception of LDS ordinances only. Summarizing Joseph Smith Jr.'s original teachings, 10th president of the LDS church, Joseph Fielding Smith said in Doctrines of Salvation 2, colon 223, quote, through baptism and confirmation, people are born again and thus come back into spiritual life and through their continued obedience to the end, they shall be made partakers of the blessings of eternal life in the celestial kingdom of God, end quote. To give the LDS counterfeit greater clarity, allow me to sort of restate their teachings in my own words and then we'll uh, support the topic with some biblical application. Latter-day Saints first teach that all, hu- all of humanity are automatically children of God at birth from a-, a heavenly father. We all came from a pre-existent state as his spirit children and we enter here in this earth life and get bodies of flesh and we face temptations to which the LDS admit that every human being save Jesus Christ will sin in these bodies. In order to overcome sin, Mormonism teaches that a person must enter into a covenantal relationship with Jesus. This happens when the person accepts the ordinance of baptism, water baptism in the LDS church, and then receives the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands by an official priesthood holder of the LDS priesthood. In receiving these LDS ordinances, which usually take place when you're eight years of age, they believe that they have taken on the name of Christ, which is synonymous to them with being born again. To remain faithful to the spiritual rebirth, um, a member must live so as to be worthy to keep this gift of the Holy Ghost that is with them at all times. If sin comes into their life, they are taught that the Holy Ghost will leave them. Part of this worthiness is to repent for when they sin and or what they usually say when they have missed the mark. And this repenting, it culminates in faithfully and repetitively renewing the baptismal covenants that they made by going to church every Sunday and they partake of what they call the sacrament and they renew the baptismal covenants they made, and this is part of spiritual transformation, spiritual rebirth, spiritual uh, maturity by going through this process week in and week out. To Latter-day Saints, spiritual rebirth does not occur when God sends his spirit and God dwells in a believer by their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but when a person receives these LDS ordinances. The LDS effectively remove the need of a person being broken and receiving Jesus as Lord and King in their life, and they replace it with receiving LDS ordinances, which they say are supposedly authored by him. As a result, as a result... Most Latter-day Saints wander about not ever having experienced true spiritual regeneration, but instead find themselves chained to this hamster wheel of striving and achieving and measuring up and trying to keep the Holy Spirit present, even though, and so they're in this conflict of who they are versus uh, who they possibly could be. And there really is no peace, no rest, no true, in my opinion, justification to them. Now, in the realm of the Mormon-Christian debate, spiritual rebirth is either tied to ordinances, as the LDS claim, or it is an event received outside the religious jurisdiction of men. Let's take a look at the Bible and compare and contrast how it describes spiritual rebirth. The first thing I think you ought to consider is the idea of birth itself. Uh, Ask yourselves... How many times is a person actually born, physically or spiritually? And how long does an actual birth take place? There is a divine reason that Jesus likened spiritual rebirth to physical birth and not to a lifelong action like swimming across an ocean back and forth and back and forth and back and forth every day of your life, or rolling a stone up a hill only to have it roll back down and rolling it back like Sisyphus did in Greek mythology. Physical birth and spiritual rebirth are singular events. Once a pregnant woman enters into labor, she, it will end in delivery. She does not spend her life in labor Uh, returning to the stirrups each week in order to push a little more so that she can finally achieve a baby when she's at her death, you know. Uh, Once God moves in, the regeneration, the change, the rebirth is done. This is the Jesus moment which is completely missing from the confines of Mormonism. This is the Romans ten nine moment that says that if we should confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. In this moment, we are justified before God by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Justification means our sins have been forgiven. And because the sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future, and our person has been permanently cleansed of their sin by the shed blood of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is able to move in permanently in that individual, and that individual experiences new birth, which can be understood or experienced in a number of different ways, depending on the individual. Then he or she becomes the recipient of a new heart. Or what God promised in Ezekiel saying, quote, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. This new heart filled by the Holy Spirit is indicative that a believer has been justified by the shed blood of Jesus. Okay, Now, justification is the exact opposite of the word condemnation. All right. And it might be considered a legal term because just to be justified it because the judicial act of God by which he pardons all sins of those who believe in Christ and accounts and accepts and treats them as righteous in his eye relative to the law. It's almost like a legal term. They have become, meaning the person has by Christ conformed perfectly to all of the demands of God's perfect law. That's why it's sort of a justification means you are completely received as having fulfilled all the demands of his law. In addition to this pardon of sin, justification declares that all the claims of the law have been permanently satisfied by our faith in him who fulfilled them. All right, justification is the action of a judge. Uh, The law is not relaxed or set aside, but is declared to be fulfilled in the strictest sense so that the person justified is then declared to be entitled to all the advantages and rewards arising from perfect obedience to that law by Christ while we were still and while we are still in sin. That is hard for people to accept. But this is what the Bible teaches. Romans 5 lays it out very nicely. Chapter 4 of Romans ends uh, by telling us the righteousness of Christ is imputed to people who believe in him. All right. And we're going to talk about that next week. Then Romans 5 says, listen, "...therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ." through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint. Uh, Romans says, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Do you see that? For when we were still without strength, when we had no strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. We didn't, he didn't die for us when we were righteous. He didn't die for us when we were good and we were worthy and we could receive what he did. He died for us when we were ungodly. It, and then Paul writes in verse seven and eight, scarcely will a righteous man, for a righteous man will someone die. And yet perhaps for a good man, should someone even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. To any Bible-believing Christian, these verses describe a very simple message. While we were sinners, Jesus died for us. By believing in him, God pours his Holy Spirit into our cleansed hearts, and we can then know we are saved by his wrath. This knowledge produces peace unlike what the world can give and we rest in him, we are free from worry and from wrath and from the wranglings of religious men and their ordinances. Now, what causes spiritual rebirth to occur? Is it our being worthy, our efforts? Do we call the Holy Spirit down when we're good and ready and say, hey, show up like a butler? Okay, Holy Spirit, now I'm ready to be saved. Do your, do your work. Jesus makes it perfectly clear in John 3, 8 when he says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The wind blows where it wants, you can't tell, you can hear it, you don't know where it came from and where it's gonna go. So is every single person who is born of the Spirit. Where John came to baptize with water, Jesus came to baptize with the Holy Spirit, meaning by and through his shed blood, all who believe in him have new life wrought about and given according to God's will and ways, not by ordinances, not by broken hearts, excuse me, but by broken hearts calling to God in humble faith and waiting for him to send forth the wind as it were. The Bible is full of stories and illustrations about this new spirit coming in, making a home and how it works. Um, Ezekiel is an amazing book in in chapter 37 it talks about how Ezekiel goes out to this valley of bones and the Lord tells him, speak to the valley. He says, can I make these bone lives? And Ezekiel says, "Man, only you know if you can. He says, speak to the bones. And so Ezekiel speaks to the bones and the bones start coming together and the sinews and everything start going up and they're covered with skin. And yet Ezekiel says they don't have any spirit in them. And then, and then God puts his spirit in like the wind, it says again, and they are given life. And this is, this is a perfect picture of what spiritual rebirth does. We are dead in sin. We don't have an ability and the Holy Spirit comes in and regenerates us, not because of anything we do, but because of God then stepping in and doing it when we're dry, dead bones and need him to give us life. There's another story that's in, um, uh, you know, in the New Testament when Mary and Martha and Lazarus, their brother, and Lazarus is sick and, he, and he's about to die and Mary and Martha, they run to Jesus and they say, Lord, come, Lazarus is dying. He's really sick. And Jesus doesn't turn around and run with them to save Lazarus. He's, he goes the other way and he waits three days and Lazarus is laying in the grave, three days dead. There is nothing left in Lazarus. In fact, when he goes back, the sisters get mad and they said, if you would have come back, you could have saved him. But now he's dead and he says, you have little faith come with me and they go and this, 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 this dead friend of his causes Jesus to weep. He groans within himself then and Jesus steps and they say, don't open that up. He stinks. He's so dead. And Jesus said, come forth, Lazarus. Now, let me ask you a question. What did Lazarus do to have that new life given to him, to be raised from being dead, to come out of that grave to new life? He did absolutely nothing. Jesus called him forth, Jesus gave him new life, and and he was Jesus' friend. There is a picture for us when it comes to spiritual rebirth and how it works. Where the LDS say that we are all children of God, John the Beloved, who knew Jesus so intimately and lived and walked with him, he wrote the opposite. Listen closely to this. You are not a child of God until you have been born again. Listen to what it says, two verses, really simple. John chapter one, verse 12 and 13, he says that that, that that Jesus' own people rejected him. And then he says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. If you received him, he God gives them the right to become a child of God. To those, he says, who believe on his name. Who were born, John continues, not of blood. Meaning it's not going to come, you're not going to be a child of God by your birth, by your heritage, by your natural inclinations, no. He says, nor the will of the flesh. So he says, you're not in a Schopenhauer way going to be able to self-will yourself to become uh, God's child. You can't through your good merits become God's child. And then he says, nor of the will of man meaning no religion is gonna make you God's child either. You can't follow some man's philosophy or ideas to become a child of God. He says, how does it happen? But of God. That's how you become his child through spiritual rebirth. My friends, we are born spiritually dead. Yes, creations of God in his image, three in one, but dead in spirit. For this reason, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. This occurs when we stop and we look and we see ourselves in desperate need of a redeemer. That's tough to do in Mormonism because when you're taught that you're born a child of God and that you have sins, uh, that you steal the cookie from the cookie jar and you can go to Jesus, the janitor, to come in and sweep it up through these perfunctory uh, repentance processes and these perfunctory ordinances and it's all this institutionalized religion, you are a trap to that institution. Jesus says, come unto me and I will give you rest, not come unto the LDS sacrament table and find your rest. It's him, all right? Mormonism would love to have everybody believe the counterfeit. They would love to make you think you have to go through them and their institution to be right with God and that it is only through them and their institution that you can be right with God. This is a lie. You can be with God. You can have God in you right now living inside of you permanently, not based on your failures and efforts, but based on your faith in his Son and his blood. How? Go to him, pour out your heart, ask him to reveal himself to you. Believe in his promises, believe in his Son, in his shed blood, and then in faith, wait. Wait for God to put those bones, dry bones together and start reconstructing you as he did in Ezekiel. To raise you from the dead as he did with Lazarus and he will. And one day in the most amazing place you can be, you will look back on your religious life and say, praise God. Praise God. He has pulled me out from the institutions of men and given me real new life real freedom, and I'm released from the shackles of these things that once held me bound. Romans 5 spoke about justification in verses 1 through 9. Then verse 10 says something really important, which we're going to continue to cover next week. It's the only two-part show we're having this year, and it's going to be Born Again Part 2, and it's on sanctification because Romans 10 says, for if when we were enemies, continuing on the idea that Jesus died while we were sinners, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son... The writer says, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So the writer says, listen, we were were saved by his death. Guess what? We are even more so saved by his life. That's called sanctification. We're going to talk about that next week on part two of two. Let's open up the phone lines. 801-973-TV20. 801 973 8820, while the operators are clearing your calls, I want to talk to you about something. A few weeks ago, I got a call from a good friend of mine, Russ, who's in the broadcast business, and he told me that we could air Heart of the Matter on the NRB television network. If we contract with the NRB television network, Heart of the Matter will be seen in the United States by 18 million subscribers to direct television. The cost would be about $18,000 a year. In order to do this, we need you. Now, if you are a partner, please hear me. If you are a partner with us now or a friend and you have supported us in the way that you can and the Lord has led you, this message is not for you. I'm not looking to burden anybody with anything more. I don't want you to come in and try to get us on there because it's your own inclinations. It's an invitation for people who have not been so inclined to prayerfully come alongside the ministry and help if the Lord leads we think the exposure relative to the cost is well worth it. Uh, and, but as in everything we do in the ministry, we throw it out there. We tell it what it is. If it doesn't come to fruition, we don't do it. And if it does, then we will. So with the hopes of creating a desire in you to join us uh, in, uh, to, to take this uh, program to the nation through direct television, uh, Cassidy, my daughter, put this stroll down Heart of the Matter Memory Lane video together for you. And uh, we're going to watch it now, and then we'll come back and take your calls. So let's roll it. The message I have for people who are of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is only one. Have you been born again through faith in Jesus Christ? Live from the Mecca of Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Heart of the Matter, where Mormonism meets Biblical Christianity face to face. And I'm your host, Sean McCraney. Bottom line is I tried to do what the church suggested, to get right with God, and it never worked in my heart. Is it not on? Why did Joseph Smith take teenage girls to be his wives and and hide it from Emma? You know? He didn't! yes he did what happened was I came to the Lord and I asked him please give me a new heart let me know that I'm approved of you and the only way that that could happen was that he forgave me in my sin through the blood of Jesus Christ and by his grace and not of anything that I could do so there's Thomas Monson president of the church let so see me get in line with this gotta take my glasses off uh, there <laughs> listen to Sean McCrane <laughs> we're having a a minor technical disaster no he didn't he had one wife oh yeah well let's pull out a book by Todd Compton and let's read about it who's LDS who's a who's a history uh, genius and wrote this book about Joseph Smith's wife called in sacred loneliness
2: had a very difficult time Um, having a normal sexual life with my husband I am so attracted to you
0: see this is why I get paid the big bucks because I forget to turn my microphone on. I believe the Book of Mormon to be the Word of God as long as it's plagiarized correctly. And so when that happened, then I looked around, four years I stayed, looked around at my LDS, and I tried to listen for those clues. Do my LDS brothers and sisters feel the same way? Have they had this experience? Do they talk about this? Are people born again? No.
1: Sean, you're not fooling anybody. We all know who you are. So we're watching for you and
0: check out YouTube because we're coming, buddy. All right, Michael. Thank you. There he is. Here I am. I'm being threatened with YouTube. Have you abandoned ship yet? Meaning, have you written your letter to be asked from uh, to be removed from the membership records of the LDS Church? So then, let me ask you again, Elder. Why did Joseph Smith take teenage girls and make them their wives? Make them his wife? And then I realized There's something wrong. And so I left. Reach out and touch faith
1: Reach out and touch faith Diesel,
0: burn, tennis, bones. So I want to announce tonight that I'm going to be rebaptized.
3: Don't do it! You moron! Oh,
0: Get him out of
2: here! Get him out of here! Just so everyone knows, I'm doing what Heavenly Father wants me to do. I've prayed. I, I live a good life. I know I can receive inspiration, and
0: that's all. That's what I'm doing. There's also a closet rumor. Uh, that, there's also a rumor that I'm a closet homosexual, and. Uh, it, it's not true, not that it really matters, uh, you know. Uh, but my, my sexual temptations begin and end with women. John, you're on Heart of the Matter. John. I'm an active member of the church,
4: I'm in the bishopric where I live and I have something to say to you. Yes, sir. By the power of the Holy Melchizedek Priesthood, I rebuke you and I command you to turn from your evil ways. But I've watched you uh, over a period of a year, uh, not every, in fairness, probably I've seen you four times, and you seem to be
2: deteriorating as an individual.
0: <laughs> can you respond to that? I can respond to it. Um, Thank you. I hope I'm deteriorating in my flesh. You're a son of perdition, and you're an apostate, and I rebuke you by my priesthood. Do you hear me? Is something supposed to happen now?
1: I'm gonna break
0: I'm gonna break my Gonna break my rusty
1: pain Out or the morning seminary.
5: Whoa.
1: And, well, I started reading the New Testament. Yeah. In between sessions. And uh, my eyes started to open.
0: The Mormons often refer to the scripture that says, we liken all scripture unto us. No, it finally occurred to me, we liken all scripture unto him. Mm. Sarah.
5: Um, in the Mormon church, Jesus is just part of the equation whereas now being born again he is the equation
0: a heart of the matter 200th episode praise God so uh, let me just recap this Uh, born again mormon www.bornagainmormon.com and this television show and the Lord's Word and everything that has to do with our ministry is focused on bringing all people to the Lord Jesus Christ, but particularly because of this area, to the Latter day Saints. Where are you now?
1: I left about eight months ago. I'm going to Grace uh, Bible Church.
4: Woo!
0: Praise God. What a great story. Will you call back and share more of it with us in the future?
4: I'll call back next week.
3: But no,
0: Here's a sampling of some of our most ardent fans from the more remote locations in the world. Uh, Evigny and Kajelte in Norway. Magnus, Eve, Klaus, Guillermo from Sweden. Christopher, Arthur, Michael from Spain. Peter, PJ, Carmen, Darren, Matthew, Chris, Clive, Pete, Louis, Jessica from the UK. Robert and Paul from Scotland. Derny and Abner from Brazil, Carmen, Henning, Robert, and Callie from Germany, Derek from South Africa, Stefan from Europe, Tom from Japan, Joseph from Russia, Attila from Hungary, Imtiaz, Ben, Christopher, Shayla, Fiona, Alice, Joanna, Brianne, Jeremy, Leon, Arthur, uh, Monica, Andre, and Tyler from Canada. Miguel from Belgium, Ravine from Malaysia, Josh from Taiwan, Servine and Peter from France, Janissa from Asia, Tim from India, Carrie from New Zealand, Nicolina from Finland, and Alan and Philip from Australia. LDS 40 years. I came out of Mormonism because the Lord changed my life. And it was a call on my life to preach about the differences between Mormonism and true Christianity. All of these fans are a direct result of one man's efforts. Uh, Andreas from Norway, years ago on his own dime and on his own time, he asked if he could take the time and trouble to post segments of Heart of the Matter on YouTube. This has brought tens and tens of thousands of viewers to our website at hotm.tv. And it's because of his willingness, our fan base has spread worldwide. Sean, in a billion celestial kingdoms, I never ever thought I would be sending an email to you like this. I was your arch nemesis in 2008 through 2009. I probably posted over a thousand messages on YouTube against you. One day I heard you mention the magical peepstone in the hat that Joseph Smith used during the translation process of the Book of Mormon. You challenged viewers to look it up. Your show and this other person uh, on YouTube got me using my brain a little bit because as you know in the church members are taught not to question. I thank you, I thank you my brother for showing me the light, bringing me out of the darkness into the true and living Christ, your brother in Christ, Alex. So when I die and go before him, and a Latter-day Saint dies and goes before God, and the Latter-day Saint says, God says, tell me what, why you get to come to live with me, the Latter-day Saint says, well I did this and I did this and I, I tried to do that, and I did. I'm going to say I did nothing. I have nothing of value to give you, but you gave your son for me. And because of that, I have life. His blood cleansed this reprobate that had no other options and I tried. You know I tried, God, but I have no other options. And he came in and he reached below the dirt and pulled me up and saved me and made me a better man. So I couldn't get that through trying to be a good LDS man. I couldn't do it. And so I, I got it from him and I can't renounce that, and I can't change it, and he's put on my heart to help reach to the LDS people who uh, so many are burdened. There are some good people who have all the right serotonin levels, and they've made the right choices, and they have the right education, and they've got
5: it all together, and I know those families, and my hat's off to them. I'm never gonna affect them with
0: my program, but we get those people who live in the trailers, who are trying to get to sacrament meeting in their DI clothes, and you know the lord changes their lives and so i'm so grateful to be a part of that and to be able to do something with uh, the life i've been given tried i no other and came and reached and pulled me up and a better we're back Hey, we have uh, Kim from Canada, who's LDS, Zach from Logan, Scott from Riverton, Bradley from Kuna, Idaho. We're going to go to Kim from Canada, first-time caller. Kim, you're on Heart of the Matter.
5: Yeah, hi, Sean. Hi, Kim. We tried to watch you from up here in Canada, but you don't come through, I'm sorry to say. It's our internet. Oh. I have no idea what tonight's discussion is about. Oh, okay. But I can barely hear you.
0: Okay, well, let's just try to get through it. What's your question?
5: Okay, i got a couple of questions for you. One, when you were, as you were a Mormon, Yeah. under 40 years, if you applied for a temple marriage, did you, was the decision made for you by your local state president or by an authority in Salt Lake?
0: When I uh, asked to be married in the temple? Yes. uh, It was made by the state president.
5: Okay, we wondered because we were told the decision was when we were active, we were told the decision was made in Salt Lake, and Salt Lake told us no, it was local, and we kind of began to wonder at this point. Yeah. Uh, Second question I had for you, and I don't want to tread on anybody's toes on this one, but the uh, temple excursion, um, I never considered myself to be the sharpest tool in the shed but in the middle of it, a very serious warning is given. Yeah. About this, the dedication of keeping all these covenants. Yeah. At the end is the big one. And now you, you get the warning before you realize what you've already committed yourself to, and at the end is the big one, and the commitment is to the church, not to God. Yeah. Does anybody else not notice this?
0: I don't know, but if there's uh, Temple uh, visiting or uh, Latter day Saints watching, you might want to think about what uh, Kim is saying. Because you remember that you do make covenants, and it is all to the building up of Mormonism. And it is not to Jesus Christ uh, later on in the ceremony. So it's, it's interesting. There are things done in Jesus' name in the temple, but uh, that was a big one. So a good way to point that out, Kim. Thank you.
5: Thank you. Have a good one.
0: You too. Bye-bye. We're going to Scott in Riverton. He is uh, uh, LDA, ex-LDS. Scott, you're on Heart of the Matter. Yes. You're on the air, Scott.
1: Yeah, I can barely hear you.
0: We have something going on with our audio, so you just try your best and you talk.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, first thing I want to do is just thank you because uh, you, your show and uh, your ministry has really opened my eyes to 30-plus years of lies, and I just want to sincerely thank you for that.
0: Praise God. Thank you.
1: Um, I want to take it a step further, though. Okay, I want you to think about the time in your life that was probably the most important, whether it was when you got married, when your kids were born. Okay. Could you actually sit down and write word for word what was said? Uh, no. My understanding, and from what I've researched, is that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were written anywhere from 35 years to 200 years after Christ's death. Right. And that makes me really question everything. I've pretty much gone atheist. I just want your take on it.
0: Well, you know, if the apostles had sat down the day after Jesus died, and decided to write what they thought they could remember, they would have as as much of a problem as if if they had sat down uh, four months later, four years later, whatever. They were involved in the ministry. They were telling the stories of Jesus and what they experienced over and over again. So, but here's the thing, and it is a matter of faith. When the Holy Spirit came at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled those men. And before Jesus died, he told them in the upper room, I'm going to send you the comforter and he is going to teach you all things. And Jesus said, and bring all things to your remembrance. So you have to then, by faith, believe that what Jesus said and what was recorded was true and that the Holy Spirit did bring all things to their remembrance. Now, I can tell you just in my own experience that when I'm not here on the set doing this show, I'm pretty much like a uh, log. There's not much going on. But when I get going on here, something happens sometimes. And the Holy Spirit speaks, and I go back, I watch those clips, I just go, I can't even believe it was me, you know. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit fills us, and he brings things. It is a matter of faith. And I understand your scorched earth heart, because you grew up believing everything for 30 years, and you find out it's all a yeah. lie. Yeah. So it's, you're really in a tough position, and that is one of the most detrimental fu- uh, fruits of Mormonism. But Scott, get on your knees, or drive in your car, and just say, "God of this universe, if you 're there, I have so much trouble with what um, I have been through with you know, religion. That's
1: so true, and I, I hope, and I, I I've gone atheist, but I hope you know I want it, I sleep better at night if I think someone's there, but you know logic tells me it's all bullshit, you know
0: yeah, oh, I guess we don't have a delay on tonight no, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: fcc uh, so uh, you know what, Scott? You know, I come up to Logan sometimes. If you will email me, I would love to go and sit with you and we can have lunch or something and just talk through some things about it. I too was a nilist for a while when I went through all my searchings and I was pretty burned out too and we meet a lot of people who are, but there is hope. So just try to cling to some hope, look at nature, see if you believe it came out of a lightning bolt that was uncreated, that hit a mud pond that was uncreated, that caused a uncreated piece of mud to become human life. Or then think about, could it have been created? Hang on that, email me, and let's get together, and we can talk. I'd like to. All right, my brother. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. We're going to Zach and Logan, first-time caller. Zach, you're on Heart of the Matter.
4: Hey, Sean. Love the show. How you doing, man? Good. Uh, Really digging the scarf. That's a good look for you. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, um, I haven't been watching your show for very long, only about a month. But um, I've actually... Watched probably half of the shows online now. Okay. Um, and I just want to thank you, and I want to thank uh, God for your your television show. Um, I've been out of Mormonism for ten years. Uh, spent six, seven years as an atheist, hardcore atheist. Spent the last three, three and a half years searching for something, and your show. What your show did was it it helped to. It helped to put into words all of the frustrations and all of the pain and anguish of of, of Mormonism. Yeah. And it's all of the frustrations that I had and, and the contradictions, and you're expressing it all. It's yeah. like you're speaking for me, and it's wonderful, and uh, God bless you.
0: Thanks so much, Zach. That's really kind. I really appreciate it. What are you doing now with your faith?
4: Um, I'm watching the TV with the mute on, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, you just heard my scarf cough man, because you flipped it over your shoulder. But, uh, <laughs> what
0: are do you doing you do, do you do with your faith now?
4: Um, well, I'm not really actively attending a church right now. Um, it, it's all pretty new to me. I'm um, just uh, reading the Bible. and
0: you know, Awesome. Just, Zach, uh, at three, yeah. uh, 3 o'clock on Sundays at Utah State University, uh-huh. In, in the ice cream building. Uh, a guy oh, named yeah, Brandon, who loves the Lord, teaches the Bible. You should go up and meet Brandon. Brandon Peterson. He's at Utah okay. State every Sunday at 3. Go to calvarycampus.com for more information, my friend. All
4: right. Well, thank you, Sean. Okay. Uh, thanks again to, for your show, and God bless
0: you. God bless you. Thanks. Bye bye. We have a note here. Someone asked, Hey, Sean, uh, in January, you asked a 17 year old girl to read the book of John in 30 days, she was LDS. And uh, so this person reminds me to remind her, did you do it? And what's happening? Are you still watching? Are you that 17-year-old girl that we talked to? Call us back, we're already in March. You could have read that book in those many days. So call us back and tell us how it's going. We're going to Bradley in Kuna, Idaho. Bradley, you're on Heart of the Matter.
2: Hi, Sean, how's it
0: going? Good, how are you? Good, I
2: have uh, two questions. Yeah. First question kind of a little deep, but um Mormonism. I um I've been meeting with some uh missionaries for about I don't know, six months now. And it's been going back and forth on doctrine and uh then they they decided this guy is kind of because I've been watching your show, they figured, uh this guy has a little bit too much knowledge on our church. Let's send out an elder. So they sent out an elder to um my house and they've given me a uh Book of Mormon with the, you know, their whole scripture, the Book of Mormon, Doctor and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, and their Bible, you know, King James Version, with the Joseph Smith Translation. Oh. And I started thumbing through it, and the first thing that came to mind was, okay, this book is about, you know, two pennies stacked on top of each other thick. If this is the only problem that they have with the Bible, how is it that they could... um, bring up anything else. If Joseph Smith translated the Bible and gave a uh, quote-unquote unerrant version, the original manuscript supposedly, of the Bible, how can they say that there's any more problem with it when you bring up a scripture that is not of Joseph Smith's translation?
0: That's a really good question. So what you're saying, to rephrase for the audience, is that you're saying Joseph Smith did his translation of the Bible, so if the Bible was imperfect, He, supposedly a true prophet, retranslated it, and now it should be perfect, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, one thing, what you have there is the King James Version, and it's the JST, but it's not the full translation of the Bible. Uh, Genesis, uh, Isaiah, Matthew have, like, a whole bunch, volumes that Joseph Smith added. They don't bring that out because it's an embarrassment. Uh, He added and he changed a bunch of stuff, so they just stick with the Joseph Smith translation. Uh, in the King James and they just slide in certain verses that he changed and they put it down in the footnotes but they don't use the full Bible that Joseph Smith translated Joseph Smith in Doctrine and Covenants said he had completed the translation but they don't they don't use it so it's just another one of these things that the facts don't matter uh, it, it's incomprehensible and they just go on with it
2: hmm. alright alright I kind of figured, because it's kind of like, you know, bring it up to him, you know, there's other books that have been found more lengthy, and ones that have been found, you know, the exact same, or slightly shorter, missing this or that, you know,
0: yeah.
2: and um, Esther and stuff like that, you know, shoot, you know, a lot bigger or whatever, and they're like, no, 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 our prophet fixed it, and... Um, well, I think I think, think Joseph tore
0: out mind. Song but, of Solomon. Know,
2: how do you justify that? And they just don't have any justification.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's second a tough one. question In-
2: is, um, do you think, because, just like your um, last caller, I was in the for a long time the Buddhist that has gone Christian from watching your show, and I uh, thank you and praise the Lord again for that. Um, I uh, do you think that there's through the commission of Christ we are told to make disciples of every nation? Um, I know when I was in my um, Buddhist ways and there was no uh, there was no one God creator that uh, created the earth, there was not very many people that came up to me. Do you? I think that maybe I have an unjustified guilt for um, wanting to be a, uh, a preacher of some sorts or just a spreader of the Word to make disciples of some sorts um, because of my, I know we're not saved because of our righteousness or unsaved because of our unrighteousness, but to make disciples um, even more so, to put extra, that extra effort in there because of all the absolutely I can't even imagine the horrible things that I've said to Christians. Right in my walks through uh, being Buddhist before.
0: Right. You know what, Bradley? I think that if you, uh, you take it to the Lord and you open His Word and read, He will lead you as to uh, going to people, and He'll lead your heart to doing it in the end, or maybe at the beginning, for the right motives. When you're doing it because you really want to help liberate people and you're not doing it because you want to make up for the disasters maybe you caused in your other life, uh, I think that's when you're going to be more on track with how the Lord works. When you awesome. really appreciate awesome. what he's done for you and you really want to help others, I think that's when you're going to want to start stepping out and doing what he's called you to do. All
2: right, awesome. Thank Thanks.
0: you. Thanks, Bradley. God bless you. God bless you. Bye bye. We are going to Rick and Logan, LDS. Rick, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hello? Hey, Rick, you're on the air.
2: Hey, how are you doing?
0: Good. You have to turn your TV set down.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: All right, man, you're on the air.
2: Hey, um, I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, it's in John 10, uh, 16. Yeah. It says the other sheep I have are not of this fold. Yeah. Now, and LDS, they use that um, like missionary works, and they say that y- you see that here in the other continent, the U.S., you know, the other sheep are you guys. Yeah. Um, I, 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 mean, I, I've been on a mission and everything and, you know, I, I, I used to be Elias and I, I'm done with it. Okay. And, um, and.
0: So how I, do we answer that?
2: Now, I, I mean, I, I watch watched show and I, am not going to lie, I used to hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but now I, I love it and you I think you're doing a great job. Praise and, God. You know the word of God. It, it's amazing. Just teaching from the from the Bible, my eyes have been opened, and I can truly understand now. Awesome. Um, but now, my I'm just trying to get closer to to the Lord, and I never been. You know, and the times I was with the LDS. I mean, I I've been a um, LDS for four years, and just just this year, I, I'm I said, you know what? I I can't take it anymore. There's no way. I can work myself into heaven okay god God's not that, okay so i mean praise god and and i I love' him and and I, I understand now, and now I'm born again okay um, so your so,
0: question regarding those verse that verse in john ten
2: yeah let's yeah let's talk about that i I want to understand that more um because in mormon eyes i um I, I don't understand it, yeah. so I'm just trying to read it with an open mind, and I'm, I'm just praying well, me, about it, and I just want
0: to understand it more. Let me see if I can help you. Okay. Je- Jesus came, and his ministry and mission was to the house of Israel. It was to the Jews. There was a time when a woman came and, and started talking to him, and he even kind of, he kind of ignored her. Until she kept pestering him and showed forth this faith as a Gentile. And he said, my mission is to the house of Israel. He called them his brothers. So what he did and what is recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is really an extension of all the things that were prophesied of the Messiah coming. And it's really an extension of the Old Testament. And Jesus, what he did there was his ministry to the Jews. Because the gospel was to come to the Jews first. When Jesus said, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, he was saying, I have other uh, sheep and other believers, other followers who are not Jews. And, and that is what he was speaking of. And because he didn't come to teach the Gentiles. It wasn't until after the Holy Spirit came at the day of Pentecost and Paul and Peter were being worked on by the Holy Spirit to take it to the Gentiles and they even thought about how that was to happen that those other sheep started to hear the truth of the gospel. So when the LDS missionaries go and they say, this is the Book of Mormon. When Jesus said, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, he was talking about the people who lived in the Americas. And he came over to America and he saw it. And it, all it is is twistianity. They take the context of what it is, they twist it, and they throw it out and to support Mormonism. So that is the context, um, Rick. I hope that helps.
2: No, it does. Um, I really do appreciate that, and yeah, right. um, I'm going to just keep reading, and...
0: Good. Stay in the Word, my brother. Stay in that Word every day. Get up in the morning early and feast on that Bible, and He will regenerate your mind to, to understand what He's saying. You're going to be more of a scholar than I ever dreamed of me. You do that. <laughs> Love you, my friend. Well, thank you, Sean. Okay, bye. We are going to uh, Hans Starvely in Wyoming, first-time caller. Hans. You're on Hot of a Matter. Yeah, how are you? I'm well. How are you?
3: Good. Is this Sean? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to tell you I really enjoy your show. I'm an ex-Mormon. I got out of that mess, so I still had some of my mind left. Uh, awesome. And I never, ever felt like I knew the Lord when I was a Mormon, but uh, I wanted to tell you I really enjoy your show. You're doing a nice show, and that uh, if any of these young mormon kids could do a little research and uh find out just what was going on yeah that uh maybe they could be happy in their lives that maybe this show could help them Uh, you see a lot of these mormons they have a lot of energy they do and they're just following nothing yeah you know they need to know the truth uh you go in all their houses and there's a picture of this joseph Smith. I don't know why everybody up down there has a picture of a a, a perverted adulteress in their house. Yeah, you know, they need to really know what they're worshiping.
0: Yeah. Well, you make great uh, point. You make great points, and I appreciate your uh, call out to the youth that they just start looking.
3: Yeah, and I think the younger ones are, or you can get to them. It seems like the higher up in that Mormon church you get, the more crooked they become.
0: Yeah, I think you might be right, Hans. Thanks so much, my brother. Thanks for watching.
3: But if you can get to some of them young guys, I think you're doing a good job. You hang in there.
0: We'll try it. Thanks, Hans.
3: Okay, God bless.
0: God bless you. Bye-bye. And listen, a way to look things up, young people, is you go to utlm.org. www.utlm.org. And what happens there is you can look up any subject, and what's going to happen is they're going to bring forward right there on your screen the actual history from the church. This is not stuff that made up from somebody sitting there behind a laptop and saying, did you know Joseph Smith had a white hornet hat that he wore with a blue dress? Nothing like that. It's just exactly what comes from the records of the church. And that's utlm.org. And you can open your eyes to the truth because you want to know the truth, right? Challenge me. Hate me. Don't believe anything I say. That's fine. But you go and prove me wrong. You go to UTLM and search out the facts. You go to the Lord and say, look, I want to know you intimately like he says I can. He says you've promised that you'll do this for anyone who seeks him. Help me. Recognize that you are a sinner, that you need a redeemer, that you need to be spiritually regenerated. And when that occurs, he will then be in you and operate through you, through your life. And it's so liberating. You come to understand what life is about. You are free from many of the things that once held you bound. And the things that you're not free from, he'll work through by virtue of his Holy Spirit Go to the Capstone Conference at Salt Lake Calvary Chapel this Friday and Saturday night. Otherwise, join us next week here on Heart of the Matter. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Hey, my, college guys, you want to take a page and run? I'm going to break.
1: I'm going to break my... Going to break my rusty cage and run. I'm going to break. I'm going to break my... Going to break my rusty cage and run. I'm going to break. I'm going to break my... Going to break my rusty cage. Oh, man.